Hi everyone and welcome to the Friends Till the End podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Friends as we run down every episode of the classic sitcom, one episode at a time. I'm Michael, I'm joined as always with my televisual adventurer pal, Elizabeth. Hi Elizabeth, how you doing? Good Michael, how are you? I'm doing alright. I feel like we should open this episode with something of an apology or multiple apologies to our loyal, loyal listeners. I think the first one has to be for the lack of any regular episodes going out over the last couple of weeks. Uh, We do, you know, we started this podcast, we prided ourselves on putting an episode out consistently every week and then we upped it to two weeks and then the summer rolled around and we, our schedules kind of got in the way and then we started back and we thought we were going to be able to record regularly again and then stuff just kept on getting in the way and um, again we've fallen back behind so we apologize we do we would do wish we could post more consistently than we could I think we're we're getting to the end of our, our barren times and as, as winter comes about we'll get back on recording uh, at least one episode consistently a week and hopefully back to the two episodes a week also we're currently recording in a different medium right now we don't have our very fancy microphone, and we are recording from Edinburgh, Scotland right now. Yes, so we're on the road right now recording this episode, which means uh, we don't have our normal recording equipment, which is probably why there's a little bit dip in the normal sound quality for this episode. Um, I should probably apologise as well, because we're currently in my homeland of Scotland, and whenever I'm in the homeland of Scotland, my my accent comes out a bit thicker so if I'm bouncing around and my voice changes throughout then uh, that's why and then the final apology should really be on your behalf because you're you're a proper drunky drunky drunkerson right I'm not a drunky drunkerson I've just you know you come to Scotland and it'd be sinful if you didn't drink a lot every day so when in Rome you do as the Romans do and when in Scotland you just start drinking as soon as you get up and just yeah, power it's through. like you know 9 a.m you're up your alarm goes off you take a shot and then the rest of the day you're just going to the pubs we like to do this podcast with a few drinks in us but for the benefit of the people elizabeth list off the drinks that you've had so far today <laughs> just so they get an idea i've had a beer yep and some red wine yep and a jura whiskey well hang on two glasses of red wine uh-huh uh three two two and then a glass of jura and then now i'm drinking cider mm-hmm so, it's been a good day for you. I did lots of exercise, so I earned this. You sure did. You're on your holidays, don't worry about it. Hell yeah. So yes, we apologize for all those things, and probably more. We've probably offended you in some other ways throughout the episodes. We're sorry we got all of our friends on the last couple of episodes, and all they did was yell down the microphone. Oh, we're sorry for all of that. So, here we are. We're on season three feels like we've been on season three for a while now, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get there. Episode 18, the one with the hypnosis tape. Classic episode, if ever there was a classic episode. Oh, brother, we're back to that. Yeah, you got to fall back on the old favourites. Um, I think without further ado, we should just get into talking about the nuts and bolts of it. All right, sounds first, good. First aired, March 13th, 1997. To an audience of how many, though, is the is the real question. Our, our previous episode, the one without the ski trip, 25.8. What do you, where, where do you think we're at now? Mm, I'll say 26.9. Okay, I'm going to go 24.7. Okay. And away we go. 28.1. Huh. 
Hello. I'm closest without going over. You said 24. Yeah. This is 26. Did you? All right. All right. <laughs> I guess neither of us went over. Nope. I'm All closer. Right. Oh my goodness. What a jump. That was about almost 3 million in viewers. We open in the familiar setting of Central Park, as we've done so many times before, Elizabeth. Joey's sitting on the couch having a good old laugh to himself. He's reading a magazine having a laugh. Monica asks him what's so funny. He goes, oh no, I'm just practicing my fake laugh. You're an actor, Elizabeth. Do you have a fake laugh? No. No? I react appropriately to what's being done on oh, stage. I and I laugh because it is actually funny. Okay. No, but yeah, there, there's an element of, of fakeness to it, I suppose. What would your laugh be if you were trying to impress an unfunny boss in the boardroom and he just told a, a fairly inappropriate joke? What would your laugh be for that? <laughs> oh, really? You wouldn't be like, <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't stand out because then everyone would look at you and be like, wait, what? I would just, a subtle laugh. Okay. And then one of the, like a hand gesture to go with it. So it's like, ah, oh, oh, okay, yes, yes. Good. Good. Oh my, you're, you're a proper actor. I'll say. Monica tries to join in with the fake laughter. Joey doesn't really understand what she's doing because mm -hmm. he's a bit of a dullard. Chandler arrives. He's still on the cigarettes, as we determined in the previous episode. Gunther admonishes him, says he can't smoke in there. Chandler's like, ah, come on, Gunther. And Gunther's like, okay, but give me a drag first. And he takes a wee drag and he's like, oh, dark mother, once again, I suckle on your... Your teat or something like that. Yeah, Jesus. So clearly he had some cigarettes mm -hmm. in the past and missed it until then. It's all just adding to the rich tapestry that was Gunther's backstory. Yeah, man. Rachel gets involved. She kind of steals the cigarettes from Chandler and is like, no, you're not going to smoke anymore. Here, take this hypnosis tape. And Ross is like, hypnosis, what a load of hooey. And you seem to agree with him. Not sure. I don't know. I feel like it, it definitely could work if you're open to it, but I'm not sure how much is just the power of suggestion or not. Mm. What do you think? Yes, I think it is also down to the power of suggestion. That was me, like, adhering to your power of ah, suggestion. Yes, it was very, very was well very done good. joke. And then Phoebe was like, no, what you need to do is dance around at midnight bathing in the sweat of men or something and he's like oh sounds like my dad on a friday night classic chandler zinger how many of these episodes open with chandler cracking a joke i don't know but can we just point out the fact that phoebe was sitting there like flipping over tarot cards as she was, was speaking these lines yeah i didn't spot that <laughs> you did point out how thin chandler looked this episode oh god it looks really bad. He looks pretty unhealthy. Like really, right now. really thin. Can we and blame the not... cigarettes? Unless he's just not eating with it. Like I don't know. I mean, some people are thin by nature. They're just thin, but he just looks not great. He looks so thin. You know what I'm talking about now. You know, I've always been kind of oh, he was on the drugs at this point, uh -huh. but it's like that's sad. It's a wee bit sad. Do you all, it, it, it almost makes you wonder if they wrote in the cigarette angle of things to kind of explain his, his weight loss a little bit. That's a good it's, point. It's pretty dramatic. He doesn't look very well. No, he doesn't. Per what guy. kind of drugs is he on? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think probably just your, your standard celebrity mm -hmm. class A's. Yeah. So the episode opens. We get the only Ross and Rachel interaction of the episode. Uh, Ross is, is uh, passing a coffee to Rachel and she's like, oh, I didn't want cinnamon in it. So he just 
sticks his hand in her coffee and scoops out the top layer of the coffee. And I think they just drop that in to be like, well, we're not going to make it about them right now, but they're trying. You know, they're in the same room together. They're kind of trying to coexist. And that's really all we have from them. Oh, and really... him scoffing at the hypnosis, I suppose, but. I didn't realize it until you said it, actually, that that was really their only interaction. You see, this whole episode went without them, and I didn't miss them. Yeah, they're both just kind of propping up the, the, the main storylines. Yeah. One of which is we get a return of Phoebe's estranged half-brother, Frank Jr., mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi, famous character actor, reprising his role. I think this is the third time we've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's here. He's come to visit unannounced his mum's kicked him out Phoebe's like well why did she kick you out and he's like well she doesn't like the fact that I'm getting married and she's like what you're getting married oh I can't wait to meet her and he's like oh I'll bring her in right now and he brings her in and it's it's an old lady <laughs> well well old I mean it's subjective it's right? an older lady mm-hmm. who he refers to as Mrs. Knight Yes, uh, she's much older than him. Mm-hmm. So he is 18. He is. And she is 44. As we, we find out later on in the episode, I, I would yes. have speculated that she was perhaps a little older than that. Older. A wee bit, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Maybe yeah, no, she there. is a, a, a good bit older than him, and mm-hmm. they seem very much in love in it's, that first scene there. They're certainly very attracted to each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they come in and they just basically start... Making out. Making out. Sucking face. But I Passion. Mean, Getting off a, with each other. Uh, yes, very good, Michael. But the thing is, it's a huge age difference. It's almost 30 years. Almost 26 years difference. Yeah, something like that. It's also Ooh. worth pro- pointing out that the actress, whose name I don't know, but is uh, Kitty from that 70s show, mm-hmm. is, is, is the woman who's playing that role. Not a bad looking woman. All right. Yeah, she's all right. She's okay. <laughs> yes, there's an age difference and everyone's kind of like, this is a little bit awkward. Yeah. So that's where we're at for that. Uh, we then cut to nighttime in Chandler's room. He is listening to the tapes. He's falling asleep. And it's like, you don't need to cigarettes. You don't need to smoke. You're a strong, powerful woman. Because he gets the tapes from a boss of um, Rachel's. So it's a woman self-help tape. And it's like, oh, you don't need to smoke cigarettes. You don't need this. So that's just where Chandler's at with that, basically. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out in there because I don't want to have to keep going back to it because I hate this plot thread. I think it's absolutely terrible. But basically, he listens to the tape and he starts acting like a woman. He doesn't, he doesn't smoke, but he also starts acting like a woman uh, for the rest of the episode. So basically, we see him wrapped in towels, like round his kind of. His breast line, and he has his hair tied up, and he puts on chapstick like it's lipstick, and he gets all giddy when they're talking about relationship things, and it's just, ah, uh, it's so rubbish. Cheap. It's so rubbish. Very cheap. It's mm-hmm. so, yes. Um, I, I would prefer we don't refer to it for the rest of the episode, but oh. if we don't talk about it, you can just assume in every scene we're talking about, Chandler is like in the background doing something effeminate. Yes. Okay. Over the top, trying to be effeminate. Yeah. Yeah. Elsewhere, we go back to the Moondance Diner. She's been working there a while now, Monica. Yeah, she has. You know, if we cared enough, we could flip back and and see when she first started that job. But But we don't. 
what well, was the episode with the eggplants and stuff, which I think was early on in season two. But uh, yeah, won't we'll, we'll ever look back. There's no way of knowing. Uh, Monica wants a date. She's like, I've only dated Richard and Julio in the past year. You remember Julio? Julio? Yeah. Wasn't that like the guy that ended up being a skis that was like the poetry guy? Yeah, he was the poetry no, guy. No, she didn't really date him. No, she didn't, but she was like, the only people I've been involved with are, are Richard and Julio. Oh, she counts him. Interesting. He's the only other man that we've seen. Okay, yeah. And she's just like, I just want somebody. And Monica wants a date, and there's a guy at the bar, and he's like, well, I'll go out with you. And she's like... It, they kind of play up like he's been there before and he's yeah. kind of tried this before. She's like, you don't want to date me. He's like, well, come on, come on. You spent the whole episode struggling over this guy. Yes! Oh my God, he has a very distinguishable voice. And I could not place him for the life of me, who he was. But I kept trying to guess throughout the episode, is it him, Michael, is it him? And I cannot figure it out. So like, what is it? Who is, do you know? I do know who he is. Who is he? He's a famous actor. Yes! John Favreau. Okay. We have seen him in two movies recently. What? We have seen him as recently in I Love You Man. Huh. Who's he in that? He is the one who Paul Rudd vomits in his face. Oh, Lord. You know, we're talking about. Oh, the like mean guy. 12 years later, and he's put on a bit of pounds. We also saw him in The Breakup, which we've discussed on this very podcast, where he plays one of Vince Vaughn's pals. But he's. He's he's done a lot. He's he, he did Swingers, uh, maybe a couple of years before this with Vince Vaughn. That was kind of their breakout. Um, he's starred in several Marvel films. Is like kind of he's a character called Happy Hogan in the Iron Man films. He's like Tony Stark's like guy, basically. Okay, he's, so uh, he directed the Jungle Book, the live action Jungle Book. He's directed he directed uh, Zathura, which was kind of the space unofficial sequel to Jumanji, you know, he's a, a you know, a very, very well-known person in, in Hollywood. I thought he might have been a, a great voice of, like, a Pixar character or something. I don't know about Pixar. He's probably done a voice in, in something. It's just very dis- mm-hmm. distinguished, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I was it's recognizing him. it for my Love You Man since that was most recent. Yeah. Or- Okay. Here we see him, you know, this is only a couple of years after Swingers, which was his breakout role. He's looking quite slim. Uh, he's got a very well-sculpted kind of goatee and moustache. He's basically looks as if he's 10 years early for auditioning for Tony Stark in the Iron Man films, which I know will mean absolutely nothing to you, but hopefully a couple of our listeners will find very, very funny indeed. <laughs> um, so he's like, yeah, come on, we can go on a date. He's charming and he's like... Yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, go on for it. And he's cute. He's all right, right? He's he's a cute little he's a cute little facially haired man. He's okay. No, not interested. Eh, eh, okay. And well, that reaction is kind of Monica's one as well. She's just like, nah, I'm good. Thanks Mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, Phoebe has a problem. She does not agree with this union between Frank Junior and Alice. Mm -hmm. Shall we say Alice? Alice, yep. Mrs. Knight. It's um, Frank's old home ec teacher, we should say as well, because that's important, because she should probably be in jail. Um, she has a problem. She doesn't agree, but she doesn't want to like confront him about it, because he you knows he's already fallen out with his mom about it, so she doesn't want to get involved. So she recruits Ross and Joy to help, and they're like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, just do it. And they're like, all right. 
and then Joey like has a go at Ross. He's like, we could have gone to the strip club, but instead we had to come here. And now look at the shit you've got us into. Elsewhere, Rachel is trying to convince Monica to go on a date with this, this lovable, this lovable, confident, charming guy from the the diner. His name is Pete, Pete Becker. And they're like, come on, he's cute. That thing he did with the, the check was adorable. He wrote her a check as a tip for $20,000. And she's just like, no, I hate that. That's stupid. Rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chandler comes in and he's like, $20,000. And he looks at the check and he sees the name and he goes through one of his nerd magazines and he's like, Pete Becker, <laughs> Pete Becker. That's him there. And she's like, why is he hugging Bill Clinton? And he is a, a computer genius. Yeah, he is worth a lot. He's worth a lot of money. Yeah. How much? We don't know. They don't specify. I mean, he it's it's implied that he's like a millionaire or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Rachel's like, yay, hooray, he's rich. And Monica is offended by it. What by do you think rings. she's offended by? By like, oh, you can write me a $20,000 check and then I'll go on a date with you. Ah, I see. Like you can buy my love or yes, my affection. Okay, sure. So. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Ross and Joey are trying to make Frank come to his senses, I suppose. They're trying to lay down the cold, hard facts. And it's like, she, you're 18, she's 44. When you're 36, she's going to be 88. Oh, oh, God. And good job, Joey, for saying that, honestly. Because as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, my God. Like, can you imagine? She might not live that long. Oh, that's even worse, Michael. But I'm saying... You're in your mid thirty. You're in your prime. Like thirties, awesome time. Mm. And then to be dating someone who's eighty eight. Yeah. I'm well, you're not dating someone that's eighty eight. That okay, time. fine. You're married to them, but like, yikes. Eighty eight. It seems like a lot. They want to have babies right away, which is another thing that we failed to establish in that only exchange. Right. So they, you know, their age difference is very intense, but also. We want to have kids right away, so we're going to get going on this. We're going to get married and have kids. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that they think that they could have kids at what, you know, so say they say they conceive at 46, like, yikes. I don't know. It's just, it's just an interesting... Wow. Maybe down the road we'll see a little bit more of that. Oh, no. <laughs> you did not spoil anything for me, did you? Well, I'm foreshadowing. I'm not spoiling anything. Is he spoiling it? They don't know. They don't know. I was asking everyone. Elizabeth, I know they can't hear Elizabeth, me. Or... nobody's listening. Come on. <laughs> Basically, they're like, you know, you want to sow your wild oats. You want to you wanna get out there. You want to shag as many girls as possible. Of course. I always do. And he's just like, isn't sex better when it's just with one person? He's wise beyond his... You know... I feel like we should give Giovanni Rubisi a bit of credit because he's awkward and he's very, very pale and and he's, I think he does a great job because he, like, when it comes to switching on it, he's like, he makes a lot of sense. Like, he almost, well, Yeah, he, he seems very mature for his age. He's like, this is love. This is, com I'm completely in love. We're completely committed to each other. Why would I not want this? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of beautiful. Did he, t oh, did he win did you, you over? Did you tear up a little? He di I didn't tear up, but he won me over. Like, I'm rooting for them. You were not at any point. You were ah. like, ugh, no, gross. I shouldn't care enough. Like, I like mm -hmm. him. I like him as a character. Like, I think he has a funny face. Like, mm -hmm. I like to look at him. Like, uh, his face. Yeah. Okay, it's the booze talking. But, like, I don't care about their relationship. Right. 
if it failed, if it went, like, I don't care enough about him as a character because I've only seen him a few times, but I do like his face. Something about him. Mm hmm I think he's great. It's, it's one of these ones where, like, um, he's, a, he's a great character actor, and he pops up in so many things over the years, and whenever, yeah. the, the first time I ever saw him was in Friends, and whenever I see him, like, he's, I think he's so good in these, like, I'm rooting for him in everything else I see. Even oh, okay. Even if he's in shite yeah. films like Avatar or, or something Ted like too. that. Or Ted 1. Oh, that's even, what I meant. Even in Ted 1. Well, he's in oh, both. Is he in Ted 2 too? He... 2, 2, T-O-O. -O. He is also in Ted 2, <laughs> too. Oh. As well. Some might say an unnecessary return. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, in fact, I did in my when I reviewed it. It's right there in print. Unnecessary return. <laughs> Blog capitals. Poor Giovanni. No, I love him. I am a big fan of him. And he's great here. And he wins over the guys. Like, Ross is like, oh, yeah, having sex with one person is good. That's why I had with Rachel. And he's like, what happened? He's like, I blew it. And Joey's like, I want it. And, like, they're both just like, yeah, good for you, good for you. And then you cut to Phoebe just being, like, talking to Joey. He's like, you're his best man. <laughs> and Joey's like, I don't know, what can I say? He won me over. And then yeah, she's that like, was quite good. Ross, what happened to you? And he's like, I'm the ring bearer. <laughs> like, ah, good stuff. Probably yeah, the highlight really of the episode. Funny. Totally. So Phoebe takes matters into her own hands, basically. Mm -hmm. She invites Alice round. She's had a home economics emergency. Did you do home ec at school? Uh, no, they actually stopped it the year before I got there. Really? Yep. On what grounds? Sexism? Is it? Well, it's typically girls that take it. Oh, you had a choice? Yeah. You see, we did it the first, like, at school. It was just, for me in high school, first three years, you took it. Oh, no, I'm never I always quite enjoyed it. it. I made a very good soup my first year and then left it in the fridge until the end of term and then I had to go and empty it out and it had basically hardened into the thermos and it was like... I'm sorry, why did you leave it there? I just forgot about it. You know, I was But you 12. remembered, you know, two years later or whatever? No, no, no. It was like end of term and the teacher was like, you need to get this shit out of the fridge. And I was like, oh, that's still there. I just thought, I just assumed my mum would come and pick it up for me at some point. <laughs> Of course, leave it to the woman to do everything. No, they just didn't have it. I don't know if they didn't have, you know, the budget to have a teacher or, or what, but I never had it. Mm -hmm. Never. I'll put this out there. I loved my home economic classes. Or as much as I, you could love school at that time. Uh-huh. I thought it was great. You know, you're cooking and you're... I think at one point they taught us how to iron a shirt. It's like, this is school? No, honestly, it's like the things that you need to know that are very practical, and I, I kind of wish that I had it. I like that they throw the word economics in there to make it seem like it was more important than just learning how to do some ironing. Did they teach you how to, like, balance a checkbook and stuff oh, like no, that? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. We got off track. But yes, uh, Phoebe asks <laughs> Alice around, there's stain on, like, a doily? Tablecloth? Tablecloth. Yeah, it's just like a lace tablecloth. Yes, and she's just like... Ah, uh, forget it, it's ruined. Um, please don't marry Frank. And she, like, we cut away with Alice looking all, oh my. Well, she had, what, squirted mustard all over the tablecloth on purpose. It I was assume. a ruse, yes. It was yes. all a ruse. We cut to the high-powered, high-tech offices of Pete Becker, computer billionaire, playboy, presumably. <laughs> He's being a boss. He's talking about getting things shrunk down to the size of a pin. He's got people on... Teeny little computer monitors. Oh, so cute. Early, early door Skype. They're like, yeah. yeah, I'll see you guys later. Bye. You know, three different people, presumably from three different areas of the country or... Or the world. world. Yeah, or world. Mm-hmm. Monica storms in to confront him about the check. She's like, 
How dare you? How dare you write me this check? What did you expect to get from me? And, and he just kind of plays it off. He's all charming and dashing. He's just like, look, there's something between us. There's spark. There's a fire. And, you know, I'm sure this was all very charming back in 1997. But, you know, sensitive topic here in 2017 with all the Harvey Weinstein things. It's maybe <sighs> best that we don't dwell too much on a, a lighthearted storyline about powerful men with money pressuring attractive young women for yes. certain things. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we'll maybe just leave it at that. Anyway, she, I guess from the scene he convinces her to go on a date. I think yeah. his closing line is, ah, if it goes badly, I'll, I'll cut you a check for 10000 and you'll never see me again. And she's like, oh, well, that's, that's funny. <laughs> I'd do that. Elsewhere, Frank is very miserable. He's like curled up on the, the couch. Alice has broken it off with him. Phoebe's quite happy about that. She thinks it's for the best, but he's sort of like, oh, I had a punctured lung and my dad left and all these things. And he's curling up on the table and nice little nod to continuity. The stain is still there on the tablecloth as he's curling up in a ball on the table. And then Phoebe, she comes clean. She can't take it. She's like, no, it was me. I convinced her. And he's like, Bleh. he's not happy. Would you be mad? Uh, yeah. Would you not be mad? If you were frank, you're asking me if I no, was frank. No, I mean, I, I'd want to understand their point of view, but I, I feel like it all comes down to age instead of anything else. Like, that's everyone's biggest problem. Their love is just so pure, though, that it just doesn't seem to matter. Not at the moment, no. But as Joey eloquently pointed out, 88. Love is love is love is love. Okay. I think I read that somewhere. So she comes clean and Frank is super bummed out, basically, and mad at her. Monica goes on a date with Pete. He arrives and every all the friends make it weird. They're like, how much money do you have on you right now? And then she's like, oh, let's go out. And he's like, I know a great Italian place. Jump cut to the Colosseum at Rome. Oh my God, I didn't understand. Like I knew it was the Colosseum, but yeah. I thought it was like a joke. Nope, he flew her to Rome. That is ridiculous. Day. Yep. Ridiculous. He took her to Italy pre-Euro because they're discussing like paying for the meal and it's like, 10,000 lira, and like, oh, that's like 60 cents, because the lira was notoriously very weak. Ah. You understand? It was a great joke. It was uh, so good. For anyone, laughing forever. For anyone that's been to Italy before they got in the Euro, you would have found that joke very funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, that date would have lasted probably 12 hours. Now, it, so it's implied, oh, I'm so rich, I can fly you to yes. Rome to have the best pasta in the world or whatever, but... Yes. What? But it would have taken... New York to Rome has got to be five hours. Six? Mm, let's let's give them the benefit of being on a super fast plane. Okay, so five hours. And then you go there and you get off and you go into a restaurant or whatever. And then you order... like, And then, and then you come back? For, Speaking as two people who have just flown quite recently on a nighttime flight across the Atlantic to Europe... Didn't feel like going out to get pizza as soon as we landed. No. Just... I wanted to kill everyone and sleep and eat a lot of ice cream crying. Yeah. So, but the date seemed to go very well anyway. That's so extravagant. Maybe he has a supersonic jet that can get them there in like two hours. Sure. Who knows? Yeah. It could Even be then, like a private thing. Be like getting from downtown New York to any sort of airport is going to take a long time. Ugh. It's ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Terrible first date. I bet the pasta was so good, though. It's up there with that first date. Did you ever see, um, was it 40 Days and 40 Nights? No. With Josh Hartnett, where he gives up sex for Lent. 
and he goes on a date with a girl and he takes her on the bus. He takes her on the bus and like one of his mates is sort of like explaining why this is so it is. That's where he goes to do his thinking. He just observes all these people. He's such a deep thinker, he's such a cool guy. And then it like gets a wee montage of them sitting on the bus and they're sort of pointing at people and talking and they're like playing little hand games and you're just like, oh, this just looks like the worst fucking thing in the entire world. Is that world. like a hard thing? Give up sex for 40 days? Uh, Is that like supposed to be so hard It's or established like earlier on that he's a bit of a shagger. So yeah, going without it. But you can't like... It's not that long. You can't jerk it into a sock or anything. And you can't, oh, you like, can't even masturbate? They can't do like hand stuff. It's like... There's a scene where he, um, he, uh, oh God, he brings her to climax with the use of a feather so he's not, like, touching her because he can't, like, touch her. Um, How would that work? He just gives her the old tickle. With the, uh, <laughs> it's very sensual. It's very gross. The whole film very is gross. Very sensual. His brother's I, I a imagine. priest as well, so his brothers are oh, like, course. oh, you're killing me with all this sex talk. It's oh, just... God. What movie is this? Uh, I think it's called 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh, brother. It's fucking garbage. Let's get back to friends. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, bad dates. So it's up there with, with the bus date. So, yeah, that happens. And uh, I think that's it, really. They have a good date. Do you think we'll see Pete Becker again? Probably. Probably. Yeah, because it didn't end any certain way, so yeah. Yeah, they're going to keep dating. Mm -hmm. um, we get a wee cut to Joey um, going to the bathroom at nighttime in his apartment, and he kind of overhears Chandler's tape, where the person is like, you're a strong woman, and he's like, hmm, rubbing his chin. Frank continues to be miserable. Phoebe, in an attempt to kind of get him over it, brings Alice around, and Alice tries to kind of like be like, we shouldn't be together because of this, but it's like clear that it's Phoebe's words, like she's been coerced to come around and, and say these things, and yeah. while she's trying to talk sense, um, they basically start kissing and doing a kiss, a big kiss on the couch. Mm -hmm. and Phoebe's like, okay, I guess I have to accept this because I can't stop it. Yeah, they love each other. Yeah, so good for them. Mm -hmm. The power of love wins through, finally, in this show. <laughs> finally. A likable couple that have a real chance of making it. Yeah, they are likable, aren't they? They're good. Although, I like her better with Red Foreman. The guy from 70s show? That 70s show. Yeah. I just expect him to walk in and just call Frank a dumbass. <laughs> dumbass. And then walk out again. And, uh, yeah, that just about wraps it up. We finish with Chandler in bed again, listening to the Hypno Tapes. Um, we're getting the usual spiel from the woman and then it kind of cuts off and you hear like a rustling of the microphone much like you hear whenever you listen to an episode of our podcast and Elizabeth puts a drink down on the table. Hey! <laughs> I've done so good this episode. Well, it's a different setup. And then it's just Joey's always being like, Joey's your best friend. Do you want to make him a sandwich? A cheese sandwich. It's just like, fucking hell, Joey. Every night a cheese sandwich. It's like, like my dream. Dream big, Joey. Just, just want cheese sandwich. It's like cook him a gourmet meal every night. I don't know. Cheese sandwich like, sounds incredible. And then you want to buy him hundreds of dollars of pants. <laughs> like, what? No, I didn't quite get that. Pants. Is I that think like a... this was just like... The last bit that the writers had to do, and they were like, they had one foot out the door to get to the bar. Yeah, and it's like, like oh, what, what, what can he ask for? Is like, I don't know, fucking lots of pants, perfect. I would have been like clothes. It's like, don't worry, Matt LeBlanc will improvise something better on the day. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, what an episode! So we close. Yeah, that was 
The one with the hypnosis tape. You enjoy that? Not really. No? No. Didn't like it that much? No. But this was a Ross and Rachel light episode. True, 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 true. Uh, the main characters weren't featured in this episode, but um, <laughs> no. No, it, didn't do much it, for it, you. Uh, compared to the last few that have been so good, this is just meh. The Chandler thing is rubbish. Like, it's sort of... It's easy. It's an easy it's, laugh. It's so beneath them. Like, they, they generally avoid the cheap laughs, but this was so, so beneath them, I thought. With the, like, oh, he's listening to a tape where someone's referring to him as a woman, so he's going to start, like, acting all effeminate. It's just like, ugh. There was, like, there was one point where I noticed the laugh track a lot in this episode, and yeah. I was like, oof. There's always been this laugh track, yeah. so I think that normally I laugh along with it because I think it's good, you know, for most of it. But this one was just like, ugh, nothing's funny, and this yeah. laugh track is just annoying. So I, I wasn't, I didn't like this episode very much. No, it wasn't a great one. The hypnotape one is like something they would do on Saved by the Bell, like in the early '90s, and you're like, it's '90s, '97 now. You, you said it was a classic episode at the beginning. Well, they're all classic. Oh, well, oh, of course they're all. It's a classic because it's an introduction to. To Alice and uh, Pete Becker, who are going to become long-standing, lovable characters for many years to come. Nah. Well, we'll see. What is this spoiler thing you're doing? I don't know. Like, well, going back to it, Pete Becker. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a minor spoiler. We will see Pete Becker again, and he's always a character that I've quite liked in this show. Uh -huh. Um. So I, I, I got a wee bit of a kick seeing that this was when we were, were getting introduced to him. Um. The bits with Alice and I—I I don't know. I—I—I I, I don't love their storyline arc, but I, I find Giovanni Ribisi so damn entertaining. Yeah. He—he um, he pulls it off. I think if you—if they'd had somebody less skilled in that role, it would have been pretty, pretty tough to watch. But I liked him like giving the pep talk to Joey and Chandler, uh, Joey and Ross, and kind of winning them over. Um, so it had had little bits. Sure. But it was a bit—it was a daft episode, like uh -huh. flying to Rome and hypnosis tapes. Uh, yeah, not their best. No, not their best. But, hey, I'm looking forward to the next one regardless. Good. What are we up to next? The next episode, Elizabeth, is the one with the tiny t-shirt. Tiny t-shirt. Which truly is a classic episode. I hope it's made for, like, a, an animal. Prepare to be disappointed. Ah, tiny t-shirt. What could that be about? Oh, you know what? I think I know. What do you, what do you think? Okay, so, I watch Netflix quite a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, lots of times I see friends on there. And I'm like, oh, cool, friends. And there's... The thumbnail. There, yeah, the thumbnails sometimes, they change. Yeah. And I've seen one that has Ross in a white t-shirt that says something like, Frankie says relax on it. <laughs> Is that the one we're talking I about? I think that's okay. probably the one we're talking about. So I imagine, about. you know, Frank, like... Uh, Phoebe's brother is nope. Frankie. Okay. No, 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 you're completely oh. wrong there. What's his son's name again? Ben. Okay, so it's not it Ben. Is. No. Okay, so Frankie, Frankie says, says relax is a very popular phrase relax. from the 1980s. Yes, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Okay, yeah, yeah. Frankie says relax. So I've seen him in a tiny t-shirt in the thumbnail. Yes. I have no idea what that means or, or what it's implying, but hey, I think well, that's what it is. We'll all find out soon enough. So many spoilers I didn't understand until... A, a lot of these names kind of give things away. I don't love that. Well, I mean, that's kind of relying on the fact that you've seen a thumbnail. Sure, but other ones, you know, there was times where I couldn't even know the name of yes. it. Well, I'll, I'll safeguard you from those, right. but I don't think it's going to spoil. It, it doesn't give away too much to know that there's a teeny tiny t-shirt in this next episode. <laughs> Great. Anyway, um, I guess we'll call it a day there. 
Thank you all very much for listening and for sticking with us through our inconsistencies. We are getting to the end of it. We are going to get back. I don't think we're quite ready to commit to one a week just yet, despite what we've said on Twitter and probably past episodes, but we're getting there. We're the worst. And if you're listening to this five years in the future, you won't care anyway, because all the episodes will be up already. But we do appreciate and love everybody for listening. Thank you all so much. If you want to help us out, uh, support the show at FriendsPod on Twitter. Good place to do that for, for good bants. I've deleted Twitter on my phone recently, so I'm not posting as often as I should, but we'll I'll get back on that at some point. You can also check out our website, friendstotheend.podomatic.com, which uh, has all of our old episodes and some lovely artwork from Arthur Hamer, who is a very talented illustrator. And if you want to help support the show, friend of word of mouth, tell a friend is the best way to do that as well. So Yes, thank you all very much for listening, Elizabeth. You need to go sober up and uh, reevaluate your life decisions. I think I'm going to actually continue to pour my drink. Ooh. Ooh. Alright, well, that will be an interesting night for me, at the very least. <laughs> thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye, guys. Cheerio.